Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast today. We are continuing our examination of the Gospel of Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 2, and we just spent several episodes, I'm not sure how many, four, five, six episodes, uh, chasing a little cross-reference here out of this passage. So we're going to press on today, and we're in Matthew chapter 2, verse 19, and it says this, But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, so let me stop right there. I remember what happened. The Lord had appeared, angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and it told him, get up, take uh, your wife, take the child and go to Egypt because Herod is after him. Okay, Herod is after him. Joseph had four very distinct dreams. This is the third one. The first one was, uh, go ahead and take Mary as your wife. The second one was the go to Egypt thing. This is the third one. Okay, and then there's gonna be a fourth one, just a few verses from here. And uh, Joseph was always faithful, and he was always obedient. That doesn't mean that uh, he didn't question or he wondered about some things. We're about to see that in just a moment, but you're going to see how God works in the midst of that, okay? But let me tell you, the angel of the Lord was speaking to Joseph in a dream. I think the Lord does the same thing today. I, I know he does. There's no thinking about it. He speaks to us in dreams and in visions. Sometimes an angel Lord may appear to you in a dream or appear to you upon your night bed or upon a night vision, whatever it may be. Sadly, I think that far too many, particularly within the Western church, reject such things, never even consider such things. Think it was just something uh, for back in Bible times and that was it. And this is not true. So let me continue on here. Matthew 2, verse 20, the angel of the Lord says this to Joseph, get up, take the child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. So he already knew who that was. He knew that it was Herod because the angel had told him earlier, hey, go to Egypt because Herod wants to kill the child. And, you know, it's just amazing how God does this because this is long before there was any way of having really quick communication. Now the Lord's saying it's safe to go back. Verse 21, so Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. So you think, well, great. <coughs> All's hunky-dory, right? He's doing exactly what he's supposed to. Notice what the angel told him. It says, go into the land of Israel. He didn't tell him specifically where to go. Didn't tell him to go back home here, to go back over there. Go back. Didn't tell him to go back to Bethlehem or Jerusalem or Nazareth or anything like that. So he just go back to the land of Israel. This is how God does things, folks. He doesn't give us the whole story at the beginning. Even in our lives, he doesn't lay out everything that he wants you to do. That step and the walk of faith is not taking the first step. It's picking your foot up. It's picking your foot up and not quite sure where it's going to land next. Okay, So Joseph got up and he did it. Verse 22, but when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. So he was headed for Judea. Okay. But he heard that Herod's son was in place, and he's thinking, well, Herod wanted to kill this. So what did he say? Joseph was afraid. And that's what I, was, what I mentioned earlier. He experienced fear because he's wondering, well, what do I need to do? Watch this. Then 
after being warned by God in a dream, he left for the regions of Galilee. So he got up, he left, he's headed to the land of Israel, he's headed for Judea, but on the way there he finds out that there may be trouble and he's afraid of that, but then God warns him again in a dream. And he left for the regions of Galilee, verse 23, and came and lived in a city called Nazareth. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. And this last verse of the second chapter right here, verse 23, is really important because notice what it says. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. Matthew was writing to a group of believers that had come out of Judaism. They were Jewish in background. And he uh, gives them a lot of information to prove that Jesus was the Messiah that was expected by the Jews. Remember how the first chapter started with 17 verses of a genealogy? Okay. And then he uh, quoted the uh, Isaiah passage, Behold, the virgin shall be with child. That was a prophetic thing that Isaiah spoke for. And so he quoted that. And then you get to the second chapter when the uh, wise men come to town. They have an encounter with Herod. Then Herod says, hey, where's this Messiah supposed to be born? And the chief priests and the scribes quoted Micah and said in Bethlehem. So all these things are verification. Even when uh, uh, he was sent to Egypt, Remember that? We saw that it was a quote out of the Old Testament. Out of Egypt, I called my son. And then when Herod killed uh, all the boys, aged two years and under, that uh, great passage in Matthew 2.18, a voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because they were no more. Matthew, being led by the Holy Spirit, quotes Jeremiah 31, 15. And so the people that were coming out of Judaism were beginning to realize, wait a minute, the scripture has told us all along. We just hadn't put it together. That he would be born in Bethlehem. He'd be born in Bethlehem. But I would call my son out of Egypt. And yet that son that was born in Bethlehem and called out of Egypt would be called a Nazarene. Now we see why. There are little hints dropped all through uh, the Old Testament. And they're verified by the Spirit to the writers of the New Covenant, the New Testament. Now often it's asked, okay? We're often asked, well, why didn't God just tell us point blank? Why didn't he just reveal to his people in the Old Testament? This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to occur. Why, why do you think? Just take a moment. You thinking? Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, because, and I can't remember what the passage is, is it in Galatians, where it says that if Satan, if the enemy had known what would come out of killing the Lord Jesus Christ, he would have never done it, right? He wouldn't have done it. And so the Lord wasn't revealing his hand in just overt explanations of things because there's a spiritual battle afoot. And he did not want to clue Satan in to what his plans were. See, when Satan killed Jesus on the cross, he thought that he was victorious. Little did he know that he brought victory, but it wasn't for him. It was for the Most High God and all mankind. And so the Lord drops these little things all the way through the Scripture. And looking back, we can see them. But it was really to keep the whole plan from being revealed uh, to the evil powers that be. Well, 
Matthew chapter 1, chapter 2. I hope that when you go back and read these accounts, these birth narratives, particularly during Christmas time, we always read portions of that time, that we'll be reminded, that we'll be reminded of the wonder and the glory of the Lord and what He's done for us. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you next episode.